The views expressed on this show by guests and the host on issues outside of the 9-11 controlled demolition evidence are the opinions of those individuals alone and do not necessarily reflect those of architects and engineers for 9-11 truth. Welcome to 9-11 Freefall. I'm the host, Andy Steele. Today we're joined by Bill Bernier. Bill's an architect, and he is a signatory to AE 9-11 Truth's petition, which is calling for a new investigation into the destruction of the three World Trade Center towers on September 11th, 2001. Now he is a board member with AE 9-11 Truth. So we'll be talking about that today later on in the interview. Uh, he's appeared in at least two documentaries that I know about. One of them is New York City Epicenters, the film put out by Spike Lee earlier in the year, and The Unspeakable, which is the film put out by AE 9-11 Truth. It came out, I believe, in November. So a lot to talk about there, and I always like having Bill on. Let's go ahead and add him in here. And Bill, welcome to 9-11 Freefall. Hi, Andy. It's great to be here. Uh, been here before, and um really glad to be back all right very good so you know we're on video now and we're still getting some growing pains as we go i got my wireless earbuds in here they might fall out of my ear every once in a while but they actually come in pretty handy so we're going to take advantage of this new format here everybody gets to see you a lot of people have seen you in the unspeakable and it, also in the uh spike lee documentary and we saw you on the anniversary event. Now you're actually going to be more than a supporter here. You're going to be on the board. You actually already are. So talk about that. What does joining the board here at AE mean to you? Well, Andy, uh, 2021 was really a triple header for me. Uh, you know, being in, involved in the, uh, in the unspeakable. Uh, being involved in Spike Lee's New York City epicenters and then joining the board. I mean, it was, uh, it was quite a year and, uh, joining the board for me is, 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 uh, something of a, a, well, how would you say it? <laughs> uh, I feel like I finally arrived, like, like I've made it to, to, uh, a point with the organization where I can really make a difference. I, um, I have a long standing relationship with it, with the, uh, with, with the, uh, fellow, uh, the group in that, uh, I, I joined in, I guess it was late 207, early 208. Um, and it was right, um, right after, um, they had made, um, the first movie and they were looking at making the second movie, the experts speak out and, and I was asked to come down to New York and, uh, and, and partake in that and which I did. Um, and I've done many things. I, I went up to, uh, flew up to Canada to, to Ottawa to speak at the, uh, at the, at, at the head of government in, uh, in Canada. Uh, there was a, uh, I think it was a, uh, 
a press conference where uh, one of the uh, one of the liberal members of, uh, of, of parliament up there were was uh, putting forth uh, a uh, a document in, in front of the government uh, that would basically uh, bring the 9/11 question uh, and the fact that that uh, a new investigation was was required into uh, into the common uh, talk uh, amongst uh, the Canadians. And that was, it, it was a, a very interesting time. I met Graham McQueen uh, while I was up there. Um, we, we just, uh, we had, I think we made, we made an impact in Canada. So that was, that was just one of the things that I did. Um, I have um, I've gone to Washington D.C. Uh, with the group. Um, you know, I, I every time the uh, 9/11 uh, anniversary rolls around, uh, if there is an event uh, in New York, um, I have always gone down to it and participated. And uh, the Washington uh, one, I think, it was in 2018, 2017, 2018. We went down there. Um, we we visited Congress. Uh, there was there was a lot to do. I mean, there's. The one thing about AE 911 Truth is that we're we're an active group. Um, we're constantly uh, seeking new avenues uh, to get this information out in front of the public, to get people interested, to get people to basically climb on board and uh, and join the movement. Because uh, the the more we have, the more more people we have on board, uh, it's it, it's snowballs. You know, um, one person talks to another person, talks to another person. And, and it gets it gets the word out. Uh, your show has been, uh, I, I think, uh, a real steamroller in terms of uh, getting the word out there. And uh, so, joining the board for me, uh, you know, I, I, I was so happy to uh, to meet uh, Roland. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, interaction uh, with Richard Gage. Um, I, I was I was somewhat surprised and, and shocked at at uh, how that whole situation uh, with with his uh, departing his departure from from AE nine eleven truth it really it hurt us all um, and yet uh, I, I think uh, in the long run you know we need to stay on 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 uh, in, stay focused stay on point uh, relative to to what. Our mission is really, and it, it has nothing to do with any conspiracies. That's not what we do. Um, what we are doing is trying to awaken the public and uh, and get a, enough of a uh, a movement together to to uh, make a uh, a new investigation something that could really happen. And uh, if we if we stray um, from that from that mission, uh, we're just hurting ourselves. We're we're diluting you know what we're trying to do. It's so important to uh, to stay on point and uh, to talk only about um, the the uh, the destruction of three high rise steel structures uh, in the World Trade Center, um, which consequently destroyed the other structures in that uh, complex and and uh, completely you know it wiped it out, uh, along with uh, you know almost three thousand uh, innocent. People who were working in the buildings, uh, my friend Frank uh, DiMartini uh, being one of them. Um, that, that's our main focus. And uh, I'm so, so honored and pleased uh, to join the board and to, to get, you know, personally involved as we move this, uh, move this, this uh, 
effort forward uh, to make uh, to make it a reality, a new a new investigation, uh, an unbiased and uh, true investigation. Um, you know, we did not get that with the uh, with the nine eleven commission. Um, it was a whitewash. Uh, and they really, they didn't stay on point. <laughs> you know, they, they, they drifted and, um, you know, they, they left so much out, uh, and, uh, you know, relative to investigating the facts, the facts that were on the ground, you know, the, 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 the video, the, um, the, uh, seismic, uh, imprints that, that were recorded up in, uh, up the Hudson River at Lamont Doherty. Uh, there, there is just, so much evidence uh, that this was a controlled demolition. This was not, uh, you know, a, uh, a gravity collapse based on damage that was done from airplanes hitting these buildings. That, uh, that's just not, uh, not the case. And uh, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, there's, we have great people, um, you know, Kelly David and uh, Ted Walter, um, you know, there's just a, a good group here, a good solid group, and they've worked hard over the years. You know, I've, I've watched the, uh, the organization start out as a fledgling, uh, struggling little, little group that, um, really didn't have their act together. And, uh, over the years, um, you know, there's been a lot of growing pains and, uh, a lot of movement and change and, and, you know, partnering company with Richard was a, was a very painful one. Uh, but it's, uh, I think in, in the end it was, it was for the best. And, uh, the group now is, is very tight, very strong and very focused. Uh, and so I, I'm, as I said, I'm really excited about that. For our supporters out there, what are you looking to bring to AE 9-11 Truth in terms of perspectives or, uh, just, you know, ideas and, and such? Well, I think that, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, I, what I bring to this, to this group is, is a personal, uh, connection to, uh, to the actual event, you know, being, uh, being so close to Frank, uh, and Frank being the manager of construction, uh, for the Port Authority at the World Trade Center, uh, and, uh, you know, playing a, a key role in getting, uh, so many people out of the North Tower, uh, you know, and, and, and that my connection to that and, and my, and my uh, you know, deep connection to, to the World Trade Center, um, vis-a-vis my, my, my proximity to the Trade Center while I was in school with Frank and, and knowing Frank and, uh, you know, all the times that I visited the Trade Center, um, you know, with him and, and, and saw so much. So I, I, I bring a personal connection, you know, to, um, to the organization and to the group, um, that, uh, I, I think, makes it easier for the, for the general public to, to, to feel that, you know, here's a guy that's, that's, you know, connected to this. Here's a guy who, who knows firsthand, you know, he met the people. He, 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 he touched the building. He, he's been on the roof. He's been in the basement. He's, you know, he's been throughout the building. Uh, you know, he knows these buildings. I always tell people that Frank knew those buildings better than anybody. Um, and I'm sure there were people that knew him better than him, but boy, did he know them? I mean, he had a deep love. Uh, for everything about World Trade Center, it, it was uh, it was in his blood. So you know, I, I, I do bring that, and and you know, I I everything I do relative to uh, the nine eleven movement uh, and seeking the truth, I do this for Frank. 
You know, he's not here. He can't do it. Um, I was his best friend. You know, we, 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 you know, helped each other out for 30 years. You know, um, had he lived, I would have been best friends with him now for 50 years. That's a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I feel that the, the, those last 20 years were stolen from me, uh, by, 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 by the, you know, removal of Frank from the picture in, uh, in that, in that horrific event. Um, so, as I said, I, I do this for Frank and, uh, I am so committed to, um, to never giving up, you know, that, that's my, that's my, uh, my pur- well, not my purpose in life, but it is, it is my commitment, you know, to, to the movement. Uh, it's my commitment to honoring Frank. Uh, it, it's what he would have done. And, and so I'm going to do it. Um, it's, it's just, it's in my blood. Um, I, I can't, can't think of any other other way you know we've we've been lied to um we've been sold a bill of goods um the american people have been hoodwinked uh and it pains me greatly um you know you talked about you know what is it that that uh that we can do to to uh to get people to to wake up and and that is a difficult task that is an extremely difficult task because what we're asking them to do is to abandon their worldview in, in many ways. Um, you know, the, the, the very idea that something else knocked those towers down, there were some other forces at work, uh, other than what we, the people were told by our government, uh, is, is extremely unnerving. Um, I think, you know, if I wasn't connected, you know, I think if I lived in Iowa, you know, uh, you know, and, didn't have any connection whatsoever to the World Trade Center. I, I would be in the same boat, you know. I, I, in spite of the fact that, as an architect, I'm trained to understand how uh, steel frame structures work and what they can and cannot do. Uh, looking at the evidence, um, you know, watching the films, you know, maybe I, I would have my suspicions, but I think more than more likely than not, I would just walk away from it. So hopefully if people get to see me, people get to know me and to say, well, hey, he seems like a regular guy. He seems like a, like one of us, like a normal person. <laughs> and, and, and he's got a lot of questions about what happened to those buildings. Maybe he's onto something. Maybe, maybe we should take a closer look. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can, if I can play the slightest part in that, that, that's enough for me, you know, so the more the merrier. Um, and, and that's really where I'm at. Again, um, you know, I, I, I do this, I do this because I have to, you know, uh, I had that connection to, to him. I, you know, we don't have, you know, Frank was one of the ones, I think maybe a thousand people just disappeared. You know, they were, they were vaporized and he was one of them. They didn't find anything. They didn't find a bone. They didn't find a nose. They didn't find anything of Frank. He just disappeared, as did at least a thousand others, maybe more. Um, that's that's a that's a plain fact. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I think I can I I, I can make a, a a difference with architects and engineers for nine eleven truth. By being me, by being myself, by presenting who I am and, and what I know about what happened that day and who I know who is no longer here. 
from that day and his family that's still here and I have a connection to them. So I, I, I put a, I, I put a personal face on it. And, and that's one of the things I loved about what we did with the movie Unspeakable. You know, we put a personal face on it and we got it out there in front of the public and hopefully that'll have an impact. And, uh, you know, whatever we can do to add to that impact is, is in my mind, a positive step in the right direction. So I mentioned New York City epicenters, and uh, as we all know, there was a half-hour cut from this docu-series uh, where they were going to feature World Trade Center evidence, evidence of controlled demolition on that day. The family members were going to get a chance to tell their stories. Unfortunately, they didn't really get to. Uh, you were one of the people uh, who was interviewed for this, and uh, you got to talk about your own suspicions surrounding the destruction of the World Trade Center towers on that day. Uh, I'm assuming you talked about Frank, uh, but you'll be telling us, uh, the audience here, what was it like being interviewed by Spike Lee and his team? <laughs> Boy, it was a, it was a real thrill. Um, I, I remember getting a call from, uh, from Ted Walter that, uh, you know, Spike was doing this project and, uh, and, and Ted told me that he had, he had mentioned to Spike, you know, my story and my connection and, uh, that Spike was interested and, and I might get a call from Spike. And I think the very next day I got a call, not from somebody in his office, in his organization, but from Spike himself, which was pretty exciting. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I went to school in the neighborhood where he grew up. And, uh, you know, I, I watched all his movies and, and so forth and so on. So I, I was really excited about it. And when Ted told me that, you know, they were going to, he was going to do, um, a section that, that really played up what AE 911 Truth was, was all about. And, uh, and, and, and it, that it was going to probably be, uh, very sympathetic to our cause, to our movement, you know, to get a new investigation. So, um, I was really, really excited about that. And Spike did invite me to come down, you know, um, one, one of his, I guess his, his chief assistants, um, uh, trying to remember her, her last name, Judy. Anyway, she called me up and, and we had a long chat and it turned out she, uh, her son went to the same school that, uh, that Frank's son went to and, uh, that she, she had a, a connection to, to Frank and Nicole, uh, and, and, and their kids knew each other. And so that was kind of exciting. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I knew the building, uh, that, that was Spike's, uh, Spike's, uh, headquarters, you know, his, his studio was in a, a building that used to be an old parking garage around the corner from, from where I lived. And, uh, Frank and I used to park, you know, we knew the owner and, and we knew the fellow who ran the place and, uh, you know, we had motorcycles that we would park in front of our brownstones during the summer, but in the winter months, it was nice to put them somewhere else and, and, uh, they let us put him in that in the, in in the building that is now Spike's <laughs> studio. So where I was being interviewed was one floor below where I used to park my motorcycle. And Spike got such a kick out of that. So it was just you know talking to him was like you know talking to an old friend. Uh, it was you know and I didn't know him. I had never met him. Um, it turned out Frank had met him and had done some work on a building that he lived in, which happened to be the building that I had originally renovated and lived in with, uh, with, with the landlord, um, who, who hired me to help him you know, renovate the brownstone. And that's what Frank and I did in the beginning while we were in school, we renovated brownstones. So, um, as I said, I, I, I sat with uh, Spike and, and the more I talked to him, the more I, uh, 
I realized that, you know, he was one of us, you know, I was talking to people, a, a fellow of like mind, you know, he understood and, and he got it, you know, and he, he was unapologetic about, about making it clear, you know, that something was rotten in Denmark and, and, and we needed to get to the bottom of it. And, and that's what New Yorkers did. You know, the whole idea of, of, uh, NYC epicenters was, was, was to play up and, and to really, uh, pay homage to, to New York city and, and, and the, uh, the moxie that this town has, you know, it's, it's a great town and the, you know, New Yorkers stick together, you know, um, okay. We got a governor that was disgraced, but you know, he came up with the idea of New York tough. I don't know if he came up with it, but New Yorkers are tough. They always were and they always will be. Um, so anyway, it was, it was just a wonderful experience, uh, to, to chat with him and, yeah, I was very excited. You know, I said, my God, here we've got this, this, uh, forward thinking, um, well established, um, uh, you know, uh, member of society who, who's, who's a brilliant filmmaker, uh, was, was on our side and was telling our story and, and was going to give us a chance to tell our story in his little docuseries. So, you know, I was so excited. And then, you know, days before it came out, you know, and I knew that there was this 30 minute section and I would, that's what I was going to be part of. And, you know, I find out that, that, you know, the, the, uh, the what do you call it? Uh, the journalistic wing of, 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 of our, our society read or, you know, took a look at it and decided, you know, you, you can't do this, Spike. You got to get this out of here. They put pressure on HBO and Spike, and uh, and he he basically figured, you know, if I'm going to get my my piece done, I, I I've got to pull this out. So he did. He pulled it out, and so when it came out and I watched it, I didn't expect to see myself at all. But I said, you know what? He did this, um, you know. And it, in my interview, he told me about other people that he interviewed, and you know, I wanted to see them on this. Uh, so I'm watching it, and I guess the. Uh, it was the third installment. There I was, you know, <laughs> I was still in it. <laughs> and it wasn't just me, you know, there were others uh, th that are in our group, you know, Bob McElvain and, and Willie Rodriguez, you know, who was, who was a, a, an employee of the, of the World Trade Center and, and, and a hero like Frank got a lot of people out of there, you know, went in, risked his own life. And uh, luckily he got out, you know, Frank didn't, but he did anyway. Uh, you know, so, and, and I thought it was brilliant of, of what Spike was doing. I could see what he was doing. You know, he was basically trying to introduce us early on so that we would have a greater impact, uh, in, in that final 30 minutes. Cause that's where we were. He had us at the end, the final 30 minutes. So it was, it was a real, you know, I felt so elated in the beginning and, and so, so dejected in the, in the end that, that it was, it was, it was like we missed our window. There was a brilliant window, the 20th anniversary of, of the events of the day. And, uh, you know, we here, we were going to really, uh, you know, make an impact, you know, get out there in front of millions of viewers. Uh, and we didn't, you know, we didn't, but I got out there <laughs> and, and I did talk about the destruction. You know, I, I said that those buildings were destroyed. Um, and, and somehow that got through, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't clip that. They left that in there. So that was kind of exciting. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I, when I questioned them, Spike told me, he said, you know, I said, where is it? Can I see it? He said, no, I'm not showing it to anybody. It's under lock and key. Um, but he said, I can tell you this. 
HBO doesn't own it. I do. And I'm going to do with it what I want to do with it. So he's not talking, but I have a feeling we haven't heard the last of, uh, of Spike. There's, there's definitely going to be, uh, something. It might, it might be in six months. It might be in, in six weeks. It might be in six years, but sooner or later, you know, he's going to do something with that. I, I'll be shocked if he did. I, I really would. So there's, uh, there's, uh, there's more to come. <laughs> let's, uh, let's see what he comes out with. But yeah, we need, we need people like that, you know, uh, we need people who the public trusts and the public expects the unexpected from. And, and certainly uh, this is, this is as unexpected as anything could be for Spike to come out and, uh, and have questions about what happened that day, the way we do um, it, 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 uh, it's so important for, for the movement for a nine eleven truth because the bulk of his his uh you know truth part was revolved around interviews with with members of AE 911 truth including Richard Gage um and and uh, he had to cut all of that out and it was a tragedy it really was um we'll just have to see what happens and just to clarify for our audience it's not that Spike Lee just caved to pressure from the media and from HBO. He was actually standing with the 9-11 Truth Movement. He was saying, I have questions. He was standing with us. And it's unfortunately because of <clears throat> other matters, comments uh, that came out uh, from Richard uh, kind of created a contradiction in his films. As half of his film was about COVID. Yeah. And uh, it put, put him in an awkward position there. But it doesn't mean that Spike Lee is done with 9-11 Truth. And I, I don't know. I know as much as anybody else. I'm not trying to hint at anything. I don't have any insider knowledge on what's going on at Spike Lee's uh, headquarters there in New York. Um, but we may not be done with that yet. Uh, so you mentioned this, but I want to elaborate on it. And first what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip that did make it into the docuseries <clears throat> New York City Epicenters. Uh, this is with Bill here, and I want our audience to listen carefully to what Bill says here. An article came out in Der Stern, a German news magazine. They were saying, this guy Frank Martini saved our lives. We would have died. <laughs> we were definitely going to, because we could not get out. And the stairwells on that floor were blocked. Anyway, so he saved those guys. And they couldn't get any farther up, so they began sweeping the building. Uh, and they... Uh, Best guess is that they made it down to about the uh, 20, somewhere between the 25th and the 15th floor before the uh, before that building uh, was demolished. Now, notice the key word that Bill finishes it with, demolished. And I got to think, Bill, that you strategically chose that word uh, when talking about these towers. Uh, Want to talk about that a little bit more? <laughs> Well, certainly they were demolished. There's no question about it. You know, controlled demolition implies that a building is demolished. And, uh, you know, that's where I've been, you know, since at least since uh, 2007, you know, um, and, and, and probably earlier. Um, but certainly I don't I don't buy um, the idea that these buildings were brought down in any other means or by any other means than, than controlled demolition, um, plain and simple. Um, and again, as I said, I, 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 I'm dying to know, you know, how they brought that off, you know, how, because it was, 
it was, you know, bringing buildings down on purpose with, uh, with, uh, explosives and incendiaries and, uh, you know, weakening the structure in certain ways, uh, is an art form. It really is. I mean, it's very scientific, uh, but there, there's an art to it. And, uh, very few people, um, can do that, you know, uh, have that, have that expertise. Uh, and you gotta start small. Yeah, you got it. It's, it's, it's like anything else. You know, when you, when you want to be a, uh, an airline pilot, you don't start out flying jumbo jets. You know, you start in a, in a Piper Cub. Um, you start in a small airplane and you build time and you, and you work your way up. And that's the same way it is, you know, with the, with these, uh, experts who are able to knock buildings down. So whoever did this was, uh, was, was, was someone who knew what they were doing. Uh, and it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, those, those buildings were demolished. There's, there's just no other way to put it. Um, and, and, and that's my term. Um, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's just, it's just that simple. Just that simple. No, no other way to put it. Right. That's really the only way that we can describe that. And I always try to be very careful. It's so easy to say collapse because everyone says that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I try, I find myself catching myself saying it at times, but then I have to think, wait a second, they didn't collapse. That's this story. These were demolished. They were taken down. It was a controlled demolition on that day. So you don't even want to give them that little bit of uh, room because it's the yeah. easiest thing to say, collapsed. You yeah. know, it's what we always think because the yeah. news media beat it into our heads. But I love how you slipped that in there. So a little bit of truth gets in despite... All the, uh, all, all the stuff that happened. Now, you also appeared in another film. We did a screening of it on the anniversary. It came out later in November, the final cut of it. It's called The Unspeakable. It's produced by AE 911 Truth. Kelly David and Dylan Avery worked very hard on putting this together, and it took a very uh, personal look at the people most affected by the destruction of the World Trade Center towers on that day, the family members, the friends of those who died. So it didn't focus a lot on evidence, though there was some, I believe, some talking of it in the interviews. But it focused on the personal stories, the emotional journeys of all these characters who uh, have really been seeking truth ever since the day that it happened. Uh, Now, we may have talked a little bit about this on the anniversary event, but tell our audience, you know, your thoughts after having watched that film. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree more that uh, it, it, it really is focusing on on individuals, on, on real people uh, who uh, suffered through um, those terrible days, uh, the, the, the terrible day and the, and the terrible days that followed it. Um, and there's and it was just, I think, four of us, you know, four four individual um, instances of, of, you know, four people who died. And the people that uh, that love them that that have to carry on afterwards, um, and you know, I, I think that that's just another aspect that the American public really really don't get a chance to see. Um, most of what they see, you know, is, happens on on the anniversaries when they read the names, and you know, they see the sad people, you know. Many of them are, are the ones who, you know, there was this huge fund. And, and if you, if you took the funds and many people had to, Frank's wife included, you know, she didn't have a job. 
Not only did she lose her husband and his income, but her job disappeared too. She worked in the World Trade Center. <laughs> she and, and and her job was maintaining the structure of the World Trade Center. So you know that job went away. Um, she she was left with with no means of of support, and so she she uh, she in the end she she took the deal. And when you took the deal, you signed a paper that said, because I'm taking this deal, I'm, I'm waiving all my rights, uh, you know, to sue, uh, anybody <laughs> for, for anything else. You know, uh, this, this is my, my settlement and I'm taking it and that's what I'm going to do. And basically that's what Nicole has done. She, she has washed her hands of it. You know, um, you know, she, 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 he could have gotten out. She got out. She was standing right next to him when it happened on the 88th floor and she and most of his staff got out, but Frank didn't go with them. He went up and he got people off two floors above him before he started his descent to come down through. And he didn't just come down through and stay in the stairwell and go all the way down. He got out on every single floor and made sure that that floor was clear. You know, he was like the captain of a ship and he wasn't coming out of that ship until everybody, all souls were off that ship. So, you know, he paid, he paid the ultimate price because he didn't get out. Um, yeah, it's, um, it is a tragedy. And, um, I don't know. I, it's just, it's hard, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad that I got a chance to get to, 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 for people to see me, you know, to meet me, to meet my daughter, uh, you know, Tara and I were, were scheduled to have dinner with Frank that night, that Tuesday night. You know, I, I had gotten together with her every week. Uh, she was in college at the time, going to school in the city. And, uh, I, I lived out in, in Rockland County in, in the burbs and I would go in every week and have dinner with her. And, uh, you know, Frank lived in Brooklyn. So, but he worked in Manhattan and, and we were going to get together that day somewhere in lower Manhattan and, uh, and have dinner. And, and, you know, we didn't, we weren't able to do that. And I have to say, Frank was, uh, was probably closer to my daughter than, than my, my brother was, um, because Frank saw her all the time. You know, he was, he, he was the uncle <laughs> that, that was there all the time. You know, my brother lived in Connecticut, you know, we, we saw him on holidays and, and, you know, Every once in you know, two or three times a year, we we'd go up to Connecticut and spend a weekend with with my brother and 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 Tara's cousins and and Justin. My my son was devastated um, when when that happened. You know, he was let me see. Tara was was a uh, seventeen, um, no eight eighteen. I think she was eighteen or nineteen. Nineteen. She was nineteen, so he would have been about thirteen, twelve, thirteen years old. Um, and that's a hard thing, you know. Frank's kids were were in their. Uh, his daughter was was ten, and her his son was was uh, eight. You know, they were little kids. They were little kids, and they didn't get it as much as my kids did. You know, when when you're eight and ten, you really, you know, it's 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 hard to understand. Whereas when you're a little older, when you're a teenager, you you start to know what what death is and how permanent that is and that that person's never coming back you know it's uh it's it's it really hits home um to a teenager and and uh yeah my kids they had such a hard time with it and so the people got to see that you know and and to see 
that pain and that suffering in a person who is not buying the story, you know, is not buying uh, a bogus story. Uh, well, buying the official story. Let's not call it bogus um, because a lot of people don't see it as bogus. You know, they see it. That's the facts. That's what happened. Uh, and, and, and they're going to believe it come hell or high water. So we have a tall order. Um, and I think, you know, to convince them otherwise. And I think for them to, to meet us, it, 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 it forces them to realize that we're not a bunch of kooky, you know, tinfoil hat wearing, uh, conspiracy theorists. That's not who we are. You know, we're real people. Um, and we're flesh and blood and we bleed just like they do. And we cry just like they do, you know, and we suffer just like they do. They got to see that in this movie. So I was absolutely thrilled. I, I, I think Dylan is a brilliant filmmaker. Um, his, 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 his movie Loose Change, um, was, I thought phenomenal. You know, it, it really laid bare and, and it got people thinking, you know, and, and we're not, the truth movement is not that small. It's pretty darn big, you know, 5% of the population. Maybe it's bigger than that now. I don't know, but it, there's a lot of us. <laughs> and there needs to be a lot more. And I think the movie went a long way towards, uh, towards, towards bringing that point home and, and making people at least say, okay, these people aren't nuts. You know, they're real people. And, uh, I don't agree with them. But uh, they're real people, and maybe I should have a little more respect, you know, for what they think. Um, and, and, you know, that, that opens a, a little crack. So hopefully that crack will, will widen with time. And, and th- um, to me, that's what that movie was all about. And I think we did a pretty darn good job of it. That's right. It's gotten a lot of great reviews from the Truth Movement. We're actually going to go ahead and play a segment uh, from that film right now. Straight ahead. I'll never set foot in that Freedom Tower. That's not my cup of tea. I call it the blood building. <laughs> a lot of people died to put that there. Unnecessarily. But I, I took my books, I took my toys, I took my tools, um, I took my grandfather clock, and I took my car, and I left. You know, I came up here. I put everything in storage, and I moved into this little cottage here. And... Um, didn't know what to do. I, uh, I didn't know what to do. And that's, this is where, in this cottage, is, is where I found architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. And it, it, I, I look at it as this is what I do for Frank. This is what I, not just for me. I mean, it's a lot for me. And Frank is gone and nothing's going to bring him back. He's, 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 he's history. You know, when, that, when those explosives tore that building apart. Uh, it tore the people apart too. So the saving grace is that Frank didn't feel a thing. You know, he just disappeared. Now, Bill, in our last oh, 10 minutes or so, however long it goes here, uh, I've asked, probably, I probably asked you this on the show before when we were doing just audio. I've asked other people to talk about this professionals, uh, architects, and engineers to address their peers to address their colleagues out there and i always treat each episode as if it's its own show because who knows you know someone could just wander upon this one show and this will be our only chance to reach them so uh now that you can look into the camera and say can you address the architects and engineers out there who might be watching this program 
as to why they should look into the World Trade Center controlled demolition evidence and why they should put their name to that petition at AE nine eleven truth? Well, that's a that's a tall order. Uh, to, you know, to get a professional uh, to, uh, to put his name on the line for something that is controversial, and you know, you can say what you want about AE nine eleven truth and the truth movement in general, and if we're anything, we're controversial. Uh, and, and, and the, the powers that be, uh, the media especially, which is an arm of the powers that be, um, make that crystal clear. You know, that, that, that we're, again, as I said, we're somebody that you should look at us and then look away. Um, and when you, when you, when you ask somebody to sign on to the, to this petition, for a new investigation, uh, especially someone, you know, because it's a member of the professional community, the architects and the engineers, uh, which we are, um, there are millions of us and yet only 3,500. Now that's not a small number, but compared to everybody in the United States who's a registered architect or a professional engineer, it's it's a drop in the bucket, you know. It's a really small portion of of that group, um, and you know you're asking these people to jeopardize their ability to earn a living. Um, you're asking a lot. You're, you're asking a lot. The average Joe, uh, you know, who is just walking down the street and and they're a, a school teacher or a banker or uh, you know a carpenter. Whatever, you know, they ask them to sign it. They, they're not putting their, their, their livelihood on the line. But when you're asking an architect to do that, you're asking, a, you're asking a lot. And so I think it's important for us to get the message to, to, to get them to at least look at it. They don't have to sign on. They don't have to buy into it. They just need to, we just need to open up a little crack of curiosity on their part to, to look at it and say, you know, maybe these guys are onto something, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe there is something there. Cause that's how the 3,500 of us that are in, that's how we got here, you know, a little crack and we got in. So that's the important thing is, is to just get them to say, okay, I'll take a look, you know, and some of them will look deep enough and look hard enough and ask the right questions and realize that, hmm, I think these guys are right. I think there is something fishy here. Uh, there has to be another explanation. And those are the ones that are going to sign on. They're, they're, they're going to come on board. It's a slow process. And as I said, we are, we're not asking a little bit. We're asking a lot. You're putting your name on the line. I'm putting my name on the line, you know, um, for me, it was easy, you know, cause I lost Frank. And Frank was an architect. He was a licensed architect, just like me, you know. Um, I don't know how many. It would be a good question to find out how many of those 2,900, whatever it was, uh, that died in the World Trade Center, how many of them were registered architects or, or, or you know, professional engineers? Um, I, I'd be curious to know. I don't know. But we do need to, we do need to approach these guys, you know. And, and I, I have to hand it to the engineers uh, in, among us. Uh, because they're going out there and they're, they're, 
Richard was trying to get to the AIA and the AIA just, you know, and I've got friends in the AIA and they do, they just look the other way. You know, they don't, they, no, 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 that's too controversial. We're not touching that. You know, we got buildings to build. We got buildings to design. We, we, you know, we got work to do. We don't have time for that. You know, um, as a matter of fact, one of my, and he's a, a, a big shot <laughs> in the AIA in New Jersey and his wife worked in the South Tower, you know. She wasn't at work that day. I don't know what happened, but uh, luckily she stayed home that day. She didn't go to work, and so and but she was there in the bombing in '93, uh, and that that was that was pretty uh, pretty scary. You know, she came home. She looked like she was a coal miner when she got home. It was it was scary. Um, but Jerry, he just he will not. He he just doesn't want to hear us. You know, and there's a lot of them. Ted and I went when we some woman called us up and she had, she had an architect friend who was willing to talk to Ted and I. You know? So we went down, I went down to the city. Ted was working in the city at the time. And and we went and talked to this guy. And he was vehemently against any idea other than the official story. I mean, he tried his best. And, and as you said, Andy, you know, they make fools of themselves. They, they come up with these preposterous ideas. You know, this architect... He worked in an office in Manhattan. You know, he was a young man. He was probably in his uh, in his early 40s. And, uh, you know, he talked about, well, you know, we were like, how could you make, you know, molten steel? <laughs> well, it was it was pressure. It was pressure. I was like, pressure? <laughs> I mean, he was just picking at straws, you know, whatever he could come up with. But he believed these things, you know. He absolutely, you could see it in his face. You could hear it in his voice. He really believed what he was saying. You know, that uh, it, there wasn't controlled demolition, uh, you know, and, and he didn't didn't buy into it. All you have to do is open your eyes and do a little research and you and you can hear, you know, video of firemen talking about the explosions. And then they're sitting there, you know, wiping the dust off their faces. And, hey, did you call your mom yet? Boom. You know, there's this huge explosion in the background. <laughs> It's like, it's as plain as the nose on your face. You know, there were explosions that were happening all the time. So, but they don't hear it, you know? And again, as I said, it's, it's, it's their ability to earn a living. I think that gets in the way and that's a real big hurdle to get over, uh, to get through to these guys and to get them to sign on. And some of them do bless them, bless their souls. The ones that do, um, and, and the ones that don't, I, I respect them, you know. I have nothing but respect for them because they are designing the world that we live in, the built environment, and, uh, and, and that's a big job. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, can't, I can't praise them highly enough for that. Uh, and I certainly can't knock them down uh, for not joining us. Um, I, just, I just hope that, uh, you know, that's all I ask. Just take a little look. You know, do a little research. Um, Admit, just admit that maybe, you know, just maybe some of what we're saying makes sense. You know, um, that's all I ask. And it's, I don't think that's asking a lot. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll make some progress. That's right. We are further ahead than we were 10 years ago. I mean, when people say Building 7 now, the knee-jerk reaction of others is to think of controlled demolition. Whereas before they wouldn't even known what that is. Now, if they think about building stuff and it's associating their mind with the concept of controlled demolition. So we've managed to attach that to the memory of World Trade Center 7. And 
we keep on making progress. I mean, we came very close to having a half-hour segment out on HBO. And uh, it doesn't mean that everything is done now. You know, we keep on going. It's, uh, there it's are more exciting. chapters to this story. Get back on your feet and keep moving forward. So we're going to keep on doing that. And uh, I think that there is a big awakening to matters like this coming down our path. And, uh, Bill, you're one of the people that's going to be responsible for it, along with people out in the audience right now. So thank you so much for being so outspoken on this issue for so many years and now for being part of the AE 9-11 Truth family on the board. And, of course, for coming on 9-11 Freefall today. It's a pleasure, Andy. Thank you. So, folks, that is it. That is another episode of 9-11 Freefall. Again, I call this a work in progress. We are still building. There may be some changes as we go along, but I want to hear what you think about this show, about the presentation here on video. You know, tell us what could work better. Uh, tell us what you think about the graphics behind us. Maybe my spinning blue ball here uh, on it. I kind of like that blue ball, so I might uh, I might defend that. But whatever, any thoughts that you have, I want to hear them. Or if you're very happy with it, we like to hear that too. Tell us what you think. You can go to 911freefall.com. There's a contact box right on there. Just type it in and I will receive it and I will read it. But thank you for tuning in tonight and we'll see you next week. This program is on every Thursday night on No Lies Radio at 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific and every other Sunday night on BBS Radio at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. You can also keep track of the archives by going to 911freefall.com. Zadie Steele, have a great week. Good luck.